0: What's up, everybody? John Neatawa, Chris Hetty here for another edition of the Half-Court Press podcast, where we talk about the local teams and what they're doing in the college basketball world. Lately, not a lot. <laughs> Nebraska, uh, a day, this is a Friday we're recording this on, so a day ago, on Thursday, Nebraska went to Michigan and lost. Um, just completely annihilated. It felt like the, the,
1: the football game.
0: You, yeah you made the conversion in the football I was just gonna come up with some silly analogy of it felt like Mortal Kombat like <laughs> yeah knockout
1: yeah on like the third chop
0: pulling the heart out of the body and <laughs> yeah because a couple guys went down injury hope yep. um don't mean to make light of that but stinks for them obviously but it's just everything everything wrong. Yeah, yeah everything that could go wrong did go wrong yeah the uh, didn't you tweet Glenn Watson and and James Palmer were scoreless at halftime?
1: Palmer, Roby, and Thomas Allen. Oh, that's what it was. They didn't score for the first 20 minutes. And then they sat for the first eight minutes of the second half. Mm. Miles benched him, which lots of coaches in America would have because, you know, at a certain point, it's like, all right, man, like if you're not going to play hard, then we're going to, you know, throw somebody else in there. It'll
0: probably end up being, this game will probably end up being a footnote first in a season that is defined by disappointment but yeah what did what was your takeaway from it like what what stood out to you um as after you watched it unfold and and once you had time to sort of assess it and digest it
1: I think the thing I kept thinking to myself throughout the whole game was like Nebraska is being treated like Rutgers in this game where and what, what I mean by that is like all the broadcast talked about was Michigan. We had an interview with Jim Harbaugh on the sideline while playing mean, that going in on. itself is just you like had, enough to, wait, for wait. me
0: as a, a, a fan of uh, my team, if my team's on on, on ESPN it's an ESPN game right. like exposure yeah and then they're interviewing the other team's football coach
1: because you're down by like yeah. 20 already and, and, and it became oh. it just became a, a TV event where like you've got Michigan guys who... His last name is Castleton. I can't remember what his first name is. Maybe Colin? Um, hadn't scored in a Big Ten game yet. And he scored six straight points. Yeah, He
0: went he went off in the first half. Yeah. I, that was while I was still watching and, at the time. But.
1: And the silver lining you have is like Nana Kenton plays really well and scores seven straight points, but then he goes to the locker room because he lands on his head. And you kind of build a run together and you close it to 18 and then Jordan Poole dunks on a guy dunks on Thor and then hits three and then it's like a 25 point game and it was like it it, it was interesting to watch because Nebraska played about as bad as you can play for a division one basketball team Mm -hmm. and was treated like almost like a mid-major team by the biggest sports network in the country and like deserved to be treated that way because they just didn't like playing that day is what it looked like they
0: broadcasted that game as if michigan was beating up on green bay in november
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) it was a bye game completely and and that's something that like i keep coming back to in my head man what this game could have been you know i i never had nebraska winning that game not even when they were 11 and 2 but I did always think to myself, those final four games are going to be really fun and interesting because if this is a Nebraska team that's going to make the NCAA tournament, which they were on pace to do and they looked like they were going to until everything went wrong, um, those final four games are going to be really important, especially like see if they get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament and see if they can play at Michigan and Michigan State back-to-back and like what's this look like? And now it just looks like a... Third Nebraska's like the buffet. It's just like you can do whatever you want. You can you can score eighty points on them. You can hold them fifty points. They're basically like a, you know, when you're playing like Madden or like NCAA, and you come up, you 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 play like zero and seven, like Kansas, if you're like Nebraska or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just pad all your stats. That's what Nebraska is at net at this point. Yeah. They're just padding stats, and so to think about how far they've fallen is amazing to me because this was a legitimately good team. And where they are now, I just I feel I feel for a lot of people, but Nebraska fans in particular, because this is like this is pretty painful to watch on on the way down. I I
0: don't, I mean, I don't recall a team. There are a lot of times you'll see a good team in November turn into a decent team or an average team in by March. You know, there's a decline. I feel like Oklahoma last year was yeah. They were good to great, honestly, in, mm-hmm. in non-conference, and they by the by the end of the season, they were just average. Arizona State last year was great at the start, and yeah. then turned into sort of a mediocre average team by the end of it. I mean, Nebraska has gone from good to bad. Good to I tear, mean, yeah, yeah, good it, to it's, bad. It's The drop has been so dramatic that, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even – it's hard <laughs> to put into words how, how different this team looks today than it did two months ago, and, and – sure i i I imagine there's fans out there who are saying you know you should have known better why would you buy stock in nebraska and tim miles there's been one season where everything has come together and it's worked the way it should and the huskers made the ncaa tournament and everything else has been i I guess a letdown (laughs) right um and why would this season be any different but for the first two months, I feel like we had multiple yeah. examples every time they stepped out on the floor of reasons why, except for Texas Tech and maybe Minnesota, but like over and over again we saw this team sort of show why it could be different.
1: Yeah, th- there, there was the Seton Hall game is a good example. Nebraska wiped the floor with Seton Hall. Seton Hall's a good team. They're on the bubble. They yeah, might make the tournament. Team. Yeah, And they beat them by 20. 19 I think 19 or 20 they won at Clemson Clemson's a bubble team you know they had Michigan they had they had uh, Maryland and Minnesota on the ropes those are both NCAA tournament teams and like there's a difference between you know we made a lot of the fan reaction to those losses uh like the Maryland and Iowa losses in particular people we were basically we were like pump the brakes This isn't that big of a deal. They're still 11-2. and Like, everything is fine. Yeah,
0: well, 11-4 and after those losses.
1: But what we were saying at that time wasn't untrue because of what's happening now. At that time, they still were fine. Mm -hmm. They still were okay. The change came when 2019 began, and they started to lose, and they couldn't figure out how to figure it out, and then when Isaac Copeland went down, and then it became just this snowball effect. But the thing is, is like, they were legitimately good there there's basically a tale of two seasons the beginning and the end Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the season nebraska i mean people don't just lightly say like they're a four seed like this is a great team like this is really they were getting votes in the ap poll as high as 10. like this wasn't just a local media or local you know you know, Nebraska fanboys kind of going crazy, been like, oh, they're actually good. Everything's great. Like, you know, this wasn't just whatever. This was everybody collectively saying, this is a good team. And you could watch them and you could understand that. Um, and I think that's the reason why it's so frustrating and painful for people is like, at this point, you can say one of two things. You can say, well, this was always going to happen. And that's kind of a self deprecating thing. And you can, you're allowed to say that now because they're bad, but it's not necessarily true because mm-hmm. th- these things culminated into what's happening right now. And so, the thing that's really frustrating is, like, it's not over. They yeah. still have two games left. They still have a home game left. They still have to go to Michigan State, who is the worst matchup Nebraska has in the Big Ten. Um,
0: Maybe a little bit better without Nick Ward, but yeah, still pretty bad. Yeah, but still pretty bad, yeah. yeah.
1: And, then, and then you've got Iowa at home, which will be a weird day. And then right now you're projected to play penn state and penn state's like the best team in the big 10 right now yeah in february they're on fire they killed maryland like Mm -hmm. killed them and so uh i think i think part of the frustration too is like people are just like just let's just get this over with let's just finish the season and it just seems like it's still like a month away yeah
0: i think the the question that i will probably sort of have for this team that i don't know if we'll ever get the full answer is just why it happened i think you can point to the, obviously the injury to Isaac Copen, Copeland was key, but the team was sort of trending in a bad direction before that. But you kind of exported a little bit. You're, you've written a story that I think is going to publish in the World Herald on Sunday but online today. I think today, yeah. Um, maybe about sort of the mental state because I think yeah. that's something that we've talked about a lot this year with this team because certainly X's and O's matter, and there have been games that have gone awry when Nebraska hasn't made the right moves. Mm-hmm strategically and guys have missed shots and you know, but like confidence feels like it's at an all time low. Yeah. And I think that ties into where you're at from a mental state and how you approach it. And I think you sort of, that was sort of your, I'm guessing that was the, the, the reason for trying to find Yeah. You were looking for something. Yes. And that was what you settled on? Kind of, yeah. So,
1: so this story began back in Chicago at Big Ten Media Day. Um, In one of Tim Miles' opening press conferences, he mentioned a guy named Jack Riggins that he brought in an ex Navy SEAL um, to help with leadership and mentality issues, basically. And so, Riggins, um, he's a Nebraska alum, he runs a consulting firm, um, you know, 20 years in the Navy, he was a SEAL. Um, worked with Bo Polini's football teams, worked with John Cook's volleyball teams intimately for like three seasons. Um, and uh, so, has a history of helping Nebraska schools. And so, um, I won't give the whole story away here. I mean, you can go read it. But basically, I wrote the story about how they brought this guy in and they really liked him. They called him Captain Jack. They were becoming better leaders and felt like things were going really well. Um, and then on November 9th, uh, Bill Moose told. Mark Bame, the associate athletic director for basketball, to tell Miles that Riggins had to go. He, he was no longer allowed in the athletic department. Um, and what ended up happening was so Riggins can't help anymore because of this policy um, that Nebraska now has that was enacted by Sean Course and Bill Moose Kept, which basically says that coaches at Nebraska are discouraged from using outside consultation. And so a good example of that is like Jack Stark in the 1990s, right? He was a sports psychologist that Tom Osborne brought in and they helped build the, the unity council. That's no longer really encouraged anymore. Uh, Bill Moose wants to only use in a house resources for everything and wants his coaches to be good enough coaches to, um, deal with those issues themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, now that goes again, this, this policy that iCourse brought in, in that, moose is kind of keeping around goes against what a lot of top schools are currently doing that includes kentucky uh villanova alabama football clemson football um they're like the use of outside consultants are is pretty common for example riggins and jack stark have both helped creighton basketball jack stark works with creighton basketball currently Mm -hmm. and so it's a normal thing bill moose's stance on it and the athletic department stance is um you know, we have four sports psychologists. We can do that ourselves, and so it's kind of created this tension between the basketball program and, and the athletic department in this way. Where you know, um, Miles saw this thing coming. He saw what happened against Michigan coming. He knew that this was going to happen if they didn't do something about it. So he tried to bring somebody in in the athletic department after initially saying it was okay. Then kind of says, "Okay, no, you can't come around anymore." Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is because of this policy. Um, the Nebraska basketball team didn't have a sports psychologist, didn't have Jack Riggins who was helping with leadership skills and all these things, didn't have anybody in the locker room with the team from November to February, which included the seven game losing streak that kind of ruined everything basically. And the thing that's important to mention is like this, Miles decided to do this after, you know, he only got a one year extension from Bill Moose and he had this, most of his team coming back and realized like, okay, we need to take another step. In order to do this, we need to kind of improve in this specific skill. Um, the reason why a sports psychologist from Nebraska didn't go uh, over to the Nebraska basketball offices and say, hey, do you guys need any help? Like, you guys are, my Miles was public about, like, hey, you know, we're a shredded team confidence wise. We don't, we're not here mentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mentioned it almost at every single post game press conference uh, when they were losing in January. In, in January, especially. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why one of the sports psychologists didn't go over there and say hey do you guys need help i heard on the radio that you guys are not doing well or whatever is because that's not policy so the policy is any of the 19 sports at nebraska if you want a sports psychologist you have to request them and so because miles never requested one there wasn't one that went over there but because and so but but at the same time it is not policy of the sports psychologist to on to their own fruition say they probably need some help i'm gonna go ask so what happened was riggins is gone and then nothing happens and so i this obviously isn't the reason why nebraska's 15 and 14 isn't specifically because riggins got fired and it's not specifically because of this policy but it does have something to do with the idea of this is a team that had serious mentality issues you know and you you could tell that from when they went to play Rutgers on the road where they didn't seem like they wanted to be there you could you could tell from the last you know five minutes of the of the minnesota game when they allowed 20 points from minnesota and ended up losing that game those are the you know which crisis management dealing with adversity talking to each other on the floor those are the things that riggins was trying to do um and so without that and without even a sports psychologist to come in and try and help you know um deal with those issues nebraska was kind of back where they were last year but when things Kept going, it got worse and worse and worse. And then when Isaac Copeland came down, it was kind of this, this kind of snowball effect right. too. So, again, this isn't the only reason why. And this was a story that, you know, I wrote about it, and I wrote about Riggins' help back in October. And someone mentioned it on Twitter in January during that losing streak, and was like, "Hey," um, quoted as a quote that somebody had about, you know, they're working on these things, and was like, "Hey, I really hope that they're working on this still." And Riggins tweeted it out and actually tagged me. And I hadn't talked to Riggins in the story um, because it was just a short story from Media Day in Chicago um, and was like, hey, I was actually, once the story came out, I was actually fired um, and not allowed to come back. And so the story kind of became, it's not just about Riggins, it's about kind of the policy and... um,
0: It seems like a messed up policy,
1: interesting It's an interesting idea. I, I
0: get the idea that, okay yeah coaches are part psychologists anyway um they do have to deal with the ups and downs that a player like they have to manage the the emotions of a long season for a player and that's part of coaching but also if some of the best programs across the country are also Mm -hmm. um, reaching out to outside consultants as you said and, and psychologists or team building experts it seems like it's a no-brainer. Then you should right. too, right? Yeah. Like if everyone else is doing it, then you sure. better too, because otherwise you just put more on the plate of your coach. Yeah, and, um, and
1: what their what their idea is like. So the, with Nebraska, and this, tell me if I'm getting too nitty-gritty, and tell me to be, to shut up. But they have this performance team, right? For uh, they have a performance team for each sport. So that means that you're assigned a strength coach, a nutritionist, and sometimes a sports psychologist. And so the the athletic department's viewpoint is with an outside consultant. They don't get the data that the strength coach, the nutritionist, and the theoretically, if there's a sports psychologist mm-hmm. there, they, the outside gotcha. consultant doesn't get the data that they're getting. they want getting. everybody, they on, the want everybody on the same page.
0: Got gotcha. you. So if you bring in an outside sports right. psychologist, like that person may not be vibing with the strength coach exactly. and the nutritionist, and all. Right. Hopefully, the idea is that they all work. You want it
1: all fluid, fluid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. the thing is, though, is I talked to Jack Stark for the story, and Stark, you know, worked with Nebraska football from. 1989 to 2003 um, was a big part of the the football program when they won three national titles. And actually, I didn't I didn't know this. Um, worked with Danny knees basketball teams, created unity council for the basketball teams too. When Nebraska went to five NCAA tournaments, um, but he says he's consulted with about a little more than forty universities around the country top you know and nobody does this but nebraska interesting yeah and <laughs> called the policy tragic um and things change completely with iCourse. so basically it changed with icorce
0: they I really do quit. kind of remember when when sean was implementing this this was like the tail end of when yeah. i was covering nebraska and
1: there's and there's like i don't want to get I, I i want people to read the story so they can if I say it, it'll be less eloquent than if they read it, but yeah, yeah. The, it, it, things really actually changed. They didn't really change when I got here until he fired Bo Pelini. And then that's when he kind of, um, started implementing, implementing these process. Um, you know, they, the story behind how Riggins, who was helping with John Cook in 2015, the way that John Cook was told he couldn't use Riggins anymore is really interesting and sheds kind of some light on to how things were run in the I course athletics department. And, um, so, again, the story, story isn't, like, the basketball team is not good because of this specific thing, but what it goes to show is Quite they apart. didn't... It absolutely did, because, you know, Miles saw, Miles saw this coming. He wasn't ignorant to the idea that, they, that he has, his team was soft and, and casual and tried to fix it and wasn't allowed to the way he wanted to, and then whenever he wasn't allowed to anymore, wasn't given the resources... You know, without asking. To or maybe he like, wasn't hey. proactive enough to. Or, or at the same time, he wasn't. Resources yeah, well. at the same time, he wasn't proactive yeah. enough to be like, hey, we do need help. And yeah. so um, it kind of goes, it's kind of a small story. I mean, it's a long story, but it's a, it's a small example of kind of the overall mess that this whole season has been, yeah. where from beginning to end, what's happening right now is because of things that have occurred over the last like six months. Hmm. So, long story short, nebraska's mentality issues aren't getting better anytime soon and now they have to go to michigan state and that's hard and michigan state's trying to win the big 10 title right and then you have iowa and they have you know the basketball equivalent of Bo pelini coming in uh yes. <laughs> coming off two game suspension yeah. for chris and refs. uh and Iowa's going to be fired up ready to win that game because iowa loves beating nebraska and anything and then you got to go to chicago and so it's just the whole season has just been kind of kind of a mess and we're kind of seeing that mess right now with what happened last night in Michigan. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Definitely go read that story. Sorry, that kind of went long. Well, no, you're good. You're good. Um, That's our podcast, man. We can go as long as we want. We make the rules. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, No editors here. Yeah, exactly. So go read that story. Like I said, it's probably as, as you're listening to this, it's probably already online and then it'll be in your Sunday world Herald. I think Uh, that's the plan, right? Sunday.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, And this was, sorry, one more thing. This took, this wasn't just something that I wrote in the last week. Like this took at an like hour long interview with Bill Moose, like lots of interviews with like a lot of sources around the program, inside the program, like edited like crazy, like you mm-hmm. wouldn't believe. So it's not just like a oh well here's an excuse. Like it it's I spent a lot. Right. Please go read it <laughs> because I spent a lot of time on it. But regardless, Nebraska a mess. Creighton not quite a mess.
0: No, and and it's it's interesting because. I wrote a lot about Creighton's chemistry at the start of the season, how mm-hmm. the guys were like getting along yeah, really well yeah. and they just had a f- really good feel for one another and it has, as the season has unfolded, as it turns out, that 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 those, the things that those guys were saying about one another, that they're, um, you know, just the way that they were interacting, um, it wasn't just sort of preseason talk. I feel like yeah. a lot of times yeah. you get in the preseason and, and totally. guys are saying, Everything's great, man. The, the, I love this is, my guys. Right. Yeah. Optimism's high. We haven't yeah. lost a game yet. So that's why. And we still think that we can do whatever. You know, we can yeah. reach our goals. And then the season hits and it all falls apart and, and guys don't like each other anymore. Right. But it hasn't worked out that way. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Jays are still in position to finish strong, I guess. I mean. They
1: still, have ch- they still have a chance to do something, I think is how I would put it. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. fair?
0: Yeah. And still so it like the season hasn't unraveled, I guess, sure, and I think that a lot of that goes back to the players' sort of mentality, their unity, their bond, and their kind of collective vision that it that they haven't let the the setbacks, the injuries, the close losses, the blowouts um they haven't let that deter them from what they are aiming for, and so they've kind of stuck with the process and um yeah, now they're in position to. I mean, it's a tough position to be in because I think to get to the NCAA tournament, the Jays would have to win the rest of their regular season games and a couple games in New York. That's to get an at-large berth. I mean, obviously, the automatic berth for the Big East tournament is still open, and mm-hmm. that tournament's going to be pretty wide open, it seems. Um, but um, there is still a chance. So
1: Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, because I, for a lot of reasons, I think the Big Ten tournament's going to be really interesting, but I think the Big East tournament is almost going to be more fun.
0: It could be. Like, I
1: feel like it's so
0: wide open. Um, Marquette's the best team, yeah. clearly. Villanova's sort of kind of regressed to the mean, um, hit a shooting slump, and lost four or five games in February, and so suddenly it doesn't look as impenetrable as it did a oh, yeah. month ago. Yeah. And so you got Marquette. At the top, and then the rest two through ten, it's like I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So that's I I think a lot of teams will go in the into New York with the same mentality. Creighton will, which is, let's get this. Yeah, this is ours. We can do it. And
1: I I feel like with Creighton, there's a there's still kind of a path into a tournament. You gotta you gotta finish extremely strong.
0: Yeah, but if I would have told you, it's a small yeah like small like likelihood. Yeah, but it's still out there.
1: If I would have told you at the beginning of this year. Or maybe if I would have told you after the Nebraska game that Creighton was gonna make the NIT, do you think that people would have taken that, or do you think they would have been upset, or like what were is it is an NIT bid for Creighton acceptable for this year? Do you think?
0: I think in in the grand scheme of things, yes, Um, but given what even after Nebraska, man, I didn't that Nebraska game did not. that did not reshape my expectations for this Didn't. team. Uh, the, the, not in the way that like Clemson, Montana, Gonzaga sort of recalibrated what I thought this team was capable of and what it, what it could accomplish. Like I thought the team that revealed itself in that final week in November, early December stretch, three-game stretch, like that looked like an a potential ncaa tournament team like they maybe they weren't an ncaa tournament team that day or at that moment but like they had so much time to evolve and you knew they were going to get better so to me it was going like if you asked me in at the start of december i would have said it'd be a disappointment for this team to not make the ncaa tournament because right now they look like an ncaa tournament bubble team and they're only going to get better so if they're going to get better that means they should be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And and yeah, yeah. um I mean, they have gotten better. They just weren't able to capitalize um in some key situations in February. They lost four in a row and they had the lead in all those games. If two of those games go the other way, um, the Jays are on the bubble where I thought they would be. Um but they but it but they didn't and they didn't capitalize. Um and now they have to go to Marquette. <laughs> right. So that's so they, no fun. Yeah. So
1: let's talk that game because obviously we were talking a little bit off the air about did is that marquette game that inbounds play and then that freak three and the clock operator was that the defining moment of the of the season so it, so it, do you think that sunday is kind of like trying to prove that it wasn't to try and create a new because like you've you've kind of i think you said off the air too if they if they win things are things are rolling if they lose then a tournament bid is, is kind of gone so maybe mm-hmm. this is another chance to like write that wrong yeah
0: like to rewrite something i you know i kind of have two i i can see both i've heard this from a lot of, of people a lot of Creighton fans that that marquette the first marquette game um you know the unforgettable conclusion to regulation and then marquette just taking taking it in overtime marcus howard really he he was on fire at the start of overtime like that moment to find the season yeah and i have a hard time i don't view it like that i i I can see why you would say that i can see why you would say well you know the team wasn't able to get it done the then they lost more close games after that like it was always in the back of their mind you know it it kind of you just can't shake something like that when you you, when you have it especially because it was two plays right
1: it was the it was the inbounds play, and then, like, back-to-back. Back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so... Both, on your both, mind for forever. both
0: improbable plays yeah. that you, you just, you can't really, you would never expect that to happen. Was
1: it .8 seconds?
0: .8. Unreal. Um, So, there was, like, the idea that they, that it just lingered. They lost to Villanova next, and they lost to St. John's. Um, but I do think you can make the counter-argument counter that, like, they did lose those next two games, but then they beat the next the next close game they played was against Georgetown and they won mm-hmm. Tyshawn made a big shot at That's the end true. Mm-hmm. to give them the win and by the time that they got to February they were a different team they were missing a, f- a couple different pieces and uh, a couple guys were working back into the lineup so it was just a, a different group um I kind of looked at that game as sort of like a so maybe this maybe this is the um sort of taking the side of, of that was the turning point. But I look at it more like the game showed, like exposed some of Creighton's flaws that were, that inevitably showed up again later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their inability to make enough adjustments to slow down Marcus Howard defensively, to like to How find many? a way to just dig their teeth in and get a stop. How many did you uh, have that game? 53, yeah. <laughs>
1: i forgot i thought it right. was like 38. No, no no
0: well in regulation yeah he had that but oh, then really he, um went wild in overtime too wow. so that was their yeah uh rebounds you know getting getting key offensive or giving up key offensive boards late in that game um just not being sharp mm-hmm. like all it took is just a, the presence of mind to know that hey 8, just touch it that's fine mm-hmm. you know there the, were the mistakes where the players weren't, they weren't operating at that top mental capacity that you needed to, and neither were the coaches, you know, the coaches right. didn't put them in that right position, so right. there was just like, they were at like 80%, and so they needed to be at 100%, and so that 80% showed up at other times over the course of the season, so maybe maybe that is the turning point, I don't know, but it, it definitely, to me, looking back on it, it's like, oh, whoa well, why they lose to Villanova? Oh, I saw, I saw some of that at, against Marquette. They lose to Seton Hall twice oh I think I saw a couple of those reasons against Marquette so it kind of
1: it's almost like a template for Creighton's fall this is a good Mm. way to put it Um, it's it I mean this is on the same line of thinking but it's interesting to think about Creighton in terms of like 80% and 20% because I feel like that's Creighton where 80% of the time man they're good and they're pretty good but that 20 it's as bad as you can get you know and, and because of that 20, they're in the point of where they're at, but mm-hmm. like eighty percent you're almost, you almost have you excuse me, you almost have Villanova, but that twenty percent pokes in and then you lose yeah, you know and I feel like that I, the, as you were saying all those things, I kept thinking, man, next year could be fun, right I Next think year could be interesting that's for them.
0: that's where you can gain some encouragement mm-hmm. is because well, that eighty percent will turn into ninety five percent with a little bit more experience, right yeah. like in another off season of of development you would you would assume given this coaching staff's track record with its ability to get guys ready to play Um, but the season's not over and as much as i talked about that marquette game the first game um the jays get to play him again i kind of have this feeling that the players are going to go into that game sort of what you said when you first asked the question about righting a wrong I do sort of feel like they're going to have that mentality. They've had yeah. a week to think about this. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: They beat Georgetown on Saturday, technically eight days between games, Georgetown and Marquette. So,
1: Which is an eternity in mm-hmm. February, special, or I guess it's March now. But.
0: So they, I don't know, man. I would imagine that a guy like Davion Mintz has been watching video clips of marcus howard banging shots in his face over and over again like he's gonna be what do you ready think they pretty do? motivated what
1: do you think do they do anything totally different do they just say all right let's yeah. guard better do we go right. box in one because here's do it. we go triangle in two right. like an eighth grade basketball right. team
0: they they are better defensively they're mm-hmm. better at guarding the ball they're better help side rotation they're better at blocking out and getting rebounds mm-hmm. um they're averaging their opponents are averaging less than one point percent one point per possession over the last seven games, which is like the target that Creighton wants, given its offensive efficiency and how potent they can be on that end. If They're like, if we can hold a team to one point per possession or less, we feel good about that. And that's what they've done the last seven games. Now the offense is kind of like they had this hitting shooting slump and they have guys in and down the lineup, so that hasn't held up its end of the bargain, but that defensive improvement is notable. And so we will see if if that's enough, yeah. To well, especially neutralize a- what Marquette can do. Not- to to your question, I do think you'll see one element of Creighton's defense that has emerged as part of game plans more consistently is the hard hedging of ball screens with their big. Martin Crumple is really good at double teaming that that ball handler off ball screens and forcing him to give the ball up, not letting him turn the corner on him and get downhill, not letting him split that double team. Um, so I'd imagine that you they do that against Marcus Howard I don't know if they can do that all game you you let a good player get comfortable with one thing yeah. eventually he's going to slice you up so yeah. I think that they're going to have to mix and match, his, match it but I do think that might be their most effective way to neutralize what Marcus Howard can do well first off yeah getting the ball out of his hands that sounds great right that, right, that right, is yeah. great I, that's ideal yeah but what's funny is after that first Marquette game I looked back on it as like you know, their plan wasn't that bad. Um, Marcus Howard scored 53, Yeah. so I get it, but nobody else hurt them. And so if, if there was yeah. a way that you could construct a plan that is that, but he doesn't shoot 14 threes. he was See, 10 of 14 from three. Yeah. So is there a way to run him off the three-point line and get him in the heart of your defense and then force him to be a playmaker there? Um and still also stick to the shooters that Marquette has. So maybe instead of him shooting uh, 14 threes, he gets like eight two-point shots, and maybe you're able to contest some of those with your big, and maybe you force a few turnovers. Uh, Because they also force nine turnovers. Marcus Howard turned the ball over nine times in that game. I mean- His usage rate must have been out of control. Yeah, it was ridiculous (laughs) in that game. But, so I don't-
1: Well, the thing is like, okay, there, there are a lot of game plans where it's like, all right, we're gonna let this dude do whatever he wants. He's going to score 35, whatever. Let's make sure everyone else scores less than, like, 15. Yeah. The problem is, that's probably what Creighton kind of did, but the problem is he went for 53. Yes, exactly. So, like, if he goes for 35, you're probably okay. Like, in but Creighton's the problem,
0: mind, they were like, okay, we'll let him take that step-back three-pointer right. with a hand in his and face. And the
1: problem is, like, all right, well, if he's going to make six of those, And yeah, exactly. like, there's not – it's almost at a certain point, and, like, this isn't true, but it's almost at a certain point you're like – Man, we're not gonna win. Like if he's just, gonna, if he, like it's like almost like you you're, you guard really mm-hmm. well for 34 seconds, and someone banks into three. You're like, all right, well, if that's gonna happen, then whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point?
0: I mean, it kind of felt that way in overtime. Once he once he did get going, it was mm-hmm. like, I, there's no chance here. But the players did a good job of, of fighting. They they pulled within two a couple times in the final seconds of that of that game and forced Marquette to make some free throws. But yeah still yeah once mark marcus, marcus howard started that overtime like three for three or four for four or something ridiculous yeah, and kinda... the shots he was hitting was just like oh uh, so,
1: so who's after Marcus? Gonna...
0: um so then they have providence providence has a week off too actually so providence oh, okay. uh um will will have a week i think they just beat butler and will have a week to sort of get the providence looks like the big east is full of teams that have just kind of gone up and mm-hmm. down and up mm-hmm. and down and it was actually um if if Creighton beats Marquette on Sunday, every team in the Big East will have lost at least two games in a row at some point. Really? in the Big East season, that's great. So every team will have had a, a two-game losing streak.
1: They might not get that many Big Ten or NCAA tournament teams, but that's great. Like that—that's <laughs> when you know you got a fun conference, play right? It, when everybody just, sucks.
0: And so it appears that yeah, I think the NET I looked at it this morning. It was Marquette, Villanova, top thirty, you know, maybe twenty to thirty range, and then. <laughs> The next eight teams are clustered in like fifty three to seventy eight. Really? You know, that's great. Just a, that's just great. They could fill a pretty dynamite nit. They might tournament. as well
1: just do They might as well call the biggies East tournament the nit. Yeah, yeah I right. Mean it's in New York. Right. That'd be great.
0: Whoever, like, I I will be willing to bet on Big East teams in the nit. I think that they they have a good shot to yeah. whoever makes it to yeah. the nit is yeah. the one. So but, is there two
1: games? So is it is it Marquette and then Providence and then so and then, and then, then DePaul oh, okay. at the end? Okay.
0: So, so like in the, both Providence and DePaul are home. Um. So this is, that's why this game is is an opportunity for Creighton to put itself back in the conversation um, for an at-large spot. Yeah. Because then you could you would, you would think that the Jays would be able to take care of business at home against two teams that are at the below the Jays in the standings. Um. I
1: kind of I kind of view this, and I hope this isn't insensitive. But I kind of view this as like, Creighton and Nebraska are two homes in a valley, right? And a tornado came through. In Creighton's house, their shingles off, and the paint's kind of chipping, and maybe a window broke. But they're okay. They're still on solid footed. Nebraska's barn was completely taken off. It's like a, it's like twenty miles the other way, and the house just is just a hole in the ground now. Like mm. it, it just kind of feels like. Talking about Creighton, things are still like the foundation is still sort of there, you know. Whereas yeah. Nebraska, like everything is,
0: but it could go a different way. True, if Marquette has a Marquette Day where where Marcus Howard is Marcus, Marcus Howard, Howard in, yeah. the, in, in 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 his like in the zone Marcus Howard in a yeah. way. Yeah, he had a stretch against Villanova where he hit. I don't know, like four or five or five or six. And all the shots he made, none of them were wide (laughs) open. He pulled, he pulled one from like 31 feet in transition. Really? I mean, he had two Villanova players on him and they're like, well, he's not gonna shoot that. who,
1: Who do you have your, has your biggest player of the year? That's him. Yep, It's Marcus Howard. Yeah, there's. Do you have anybody for Big Ten? I struggle with Big Ten, player of the year. Probably Cassius. See, that's my thing. I can't, but then every time I turn on the TV and I watch Carson Edwards, I'm like, I mean, he's the best. But I don't know if he's player of the year. Mm-hmm. i I probably put Cassius because he, just everything's smooth. Well,
0: and then the, the fact that he lost two of his sidekicks. Yeah. yeah. And he's still, I mean, he was amazing at Michigan. He was really good at Nebraska, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. Where's Ethan Happ fit? I mean, although I know, I, it's, hard yeah. to, it's hard to give Ethan Happ the nod because he can't make free throws.
1: Dude, and here's the thing. He spends so much time pregame shooting free throws. And you know he spent so much time before practice and after practice shooting free it's throws. It's
0: weird. I, watch him, I was watching the Indiana game, and it, when you watch his release, it looks fine. And then all of a sudden, the ball like, hits, barely hits the yeah. side of the rim. <laughs> it's got, like, it's not ever, even on target, man. Like What, what happened? I don't know. I don't get Have you ever heard it. of the yips? Is that it? He's
1: got the yips.
0: Underhand, man. Dude. He ha- should try it. Have you listened to the novel? anybody's going to... Yeah, I, I've heard that podcast. It's incredible. It's really If anybody's going to try underhand, like you can have should should go for it i
1: couldn't agree more i absolutely couldn't agree more
0: justin Patton was struggling with his free throws his redshirt freshman year and he was jokingly messing around with it in practice and he probably made four in a row impressed with the results he was um but he didn't stick with it he he went he went back and and, and found his groove and i i just don't get it that that
1: it's bizarre I mean it is it is there is science it works nobody wants to do it because no one wants to be the weirdo that she's underhand yeah because then you're the guy like then like Sports Illustrated is gonna write a big long feature about mm-hmm. you because you're thrown and that's
0: what you're known for right yeah
1: and that's what you don't want to be known for
0: yeah but do you want to be known for the guy who can't play at the end of the game because you can't hit free throws you exactly. do everything else well you for the first 36 minutes or whatever you'd and,
1: rather be the weirdo that makes the two free throws at the end of the game because you did underhand than the scapegoat because you missed the two free throws yeah. and you did it the Socially correct way. Yeah. Come on.
0: Just saying. Who's going to win the Big Ten?
1: I don't know, man. Michigan looked pretty good last night. And I feel like, feel like Michigan's got, they still have all their pieces. Charles Matthews isn't, I mean, he's, he got hurt. But Michigan State's a little banged up. and.
0: So Michigan still has, they, to win it, they'd have to beat have Michigan to win State out. and at Maryland. Yeah. And have Purdue lose.
1: Yeah. But who's Purdue play?
0: <sighs> Ohio State at home. At Minnesota, at Northwestern.
1: Yeah, maybe it might be Purdue then. I think I think Michigan's the better team right now, but Purdue. Might, I mean, if with that schedule, I think Purdue might get it. Might get it. Uh, who's going to win the Big Ten tournament? I have absolutely oh, yeah. no clue whatsoever. Maybe Penn State.
0: Maybe Penn State.
1: <laughs> Which would be great.
0: Yeah. Um, Penn. If you had to look, if you looked at the the bottom half of the league, the teams that have a losing record right now in Big Ten play, Illinois or Penn State. Seem like the most dangerous. And that's including Ohio State and Minnesota, two teams that are probably like, Ohio State's gonna make the NCAA tournament, Minnesota's on the bubble. Um, And that Indiana's in that mix too, Indiana's not gonna make the NCAA tournament, but.
1: Penn State's playing borderline the best basketball of anybody in the conference.
0: And Illinois is scary when those guards get going and they'll have uh, sort of that home being uh, in Chicago type feel to it. Like those are two, Illinois and Penn State are two teams that I do not wanna play if I'm anybody else. And they're two teams that I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run. I guess the yeah. key would be to get off that first day, the playing game day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. So let's see. Right now, it's Northwestern, Indiana, Nebraska, and Penn State. So Illinois would have the first bye. Yeah. Um, how many right. does Illinois and Rutgers get buys this week in Nebraska? In, in if, Nebraska if it North started Western. today, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Um,
0: like Penn State needs to get off that first day to have a chance to make a miraculous run. Here's the, the other thing to the too. End,
1: I think the whoever plays whoever's the 11 seed has a really has a much easier route than who's like the 13 seed if that makes i mean obvi- i mean that's obvious because like the numbers play that way but like okay if you even if you're 14 like your next game is iowa if you're the 11 14 game and the 12 13 game if you win the next game is wisconsin mm. earlier in the day too and i feel like iowa is a little bit more beatable than wisconsin is right now yeah so, i mean
0: kim palm has wisconsin as like a top 15 team in the yeah or and
1: something. so and, and iowa is iowa so uh it's interesting because indiana is currently 11 but i feel like if penn state got to that 11 spot somehow if they got to that 11 spot and they beat northwestern beat iowa and then i think the then they would play whoever the four is which is maybe um, Maryland? I don't know who's for right now.
0: Maryland would be for today, I guess. I mean, they, I can see it's either them and or Penn Wisconsin, State.
1: And maybe. Penn State just beat Wisconsin, or just beat Maryland. So yeah. I don't know. I could see Nebraska fans, if you're looking for a team to cheer for, Penn State might be your <laughs> they might be your pick. Penn you're State or UNO.
0: Chaos. UNO. Unfortunately, the yeah, Mavs lost did. last night, so now they're going to need South Dakota State to lose. I think on Senior Night to oh, Dom Senior Night, yeah, yeah. yeah to get I'm a thinking. share of the title. The Summit League title. Otherwise, the ma- I mean, it's it was always about the Summit League tournament.
1: Yeah, it's all, yeah. They to can get still to the N-
0: to win that thing, get to the NCAA tournament. But I think if they don't, you know, I, getting to the NIT would have been nice too. It's something the yeah. program hasn't done yet, and and that looks like it's not going to happen because yeah. of the loss last night. But uh,
1: March will be a weird month for all three of these teams.
0: It is March, so yeah, it's yeah, March first. <laughs> yeah, hooray! March is usually the month of madness, right? Like, yeah. unpredictability, like, unpredictable things happen, so maybe one of these teams.
1: May, who do you think, at the end of the month, will have the best record?
0: Who has a, and the best record in March? In March. That's such a, I don't know. Because it I would, might I would, be O,
1: but they won't, I mean, they're not going, they probably won't go to the tournament.
0: Right, if they don't get to the NCAA tournament, then they would just play, like, Two or three more games, or maybe four more games. So right. they'd be like three and one, two and two, or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, maybe by percentage, you know.
1: Yeah, by percentage, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Creighton might win like five.
0: Yeah, Creighton might have the most wins, but. Yeah. Um,
1: here's the other question: Does Nebraska win a game in March? In the month of March? That's a question I don't know. So it's Michigan, Iowa, and then whoever the first. Right,
0: I think it all comes down to that first matchup. Just, yeah, can it not be, Penn State?
1: Or that. Indiana. Like, I, I feel... Indiana, they play hard. That's, diff- that's different, because Nebraska doesn't right now. Well, Indiana you definitely,
0: know? against Wisconsin, showed that it still has... Like, it has
1: some fight, fight into it, yeah. yeah. Northwestern, I mean, for a while, Nebraska was 11, and their first-round game was Northwestern, and I was like, this, they could win that game and play, play Iowa close. Now, I have no trust that they can do anything, so mm-hmm. I, I have no clue. I, I personally don't think they win another game, but the Iowa game will be interesting, I think. Because it'll be PBA senior night, like...
0: There will be some emotion in that. Yeah. Building. Yeah. I think that sometimes that sparks you yeah. to, a, to a, a good performance. Yeah. All right, Chris. If Nebraska and Creighton played, who'd you got?
1: I got Creighton this time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Sorry, Huskers. Yeah. yeah. It's just gone downhill. Like by like 15.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't say that.
1: 10 or 15. Well, if it's like, okay. If it's at PBA, then like five.
0: All right.
1: If it's anywhere else in these continental United States, Creighton by like 15. Yeah.
0: Not good. <laughs> All right, Chris. We will be back. I want to say semi early next week. Yeah. So we can well, whenever the summer league tournament starts, we want to be that. We want to podcast before that. Yeah. We want so that way on. we can preview that thing. Yeah. And uh,
1: and then we'll preview final games and.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be back next week at some point. Yeah. We will. All right. Thanks for listening.